Hey y'all, welcome back to Eco Chic. My name is Laura Diaz. Today's episode is fun and really does feel like happy hour with the girls. We're chatting with my friend Annie Spence. Annie is a freelance creative and does marketing consulting in the blogging world online. She herself is a fashion blogger based out of Charlotte, North Carolina, and she offers personal styling services. I have known Annie a really long time. I'm about to expose myself. Annie was actually my pledge mom when I joined a sorority at UNC. I feel like that probably sounds really funny to anyone who didn't participate in Greek life or didn't go to a Southern school. I loved being in a sorority. I don't know if I've ever like publicly discussed that on the podcast before, but a pledge mom, long story short, is an older girl in the sorority that will kind of bring new girls under her wing. She acts as a mentor, shows them the ropes, and kind of acts like a guide during either the first semester or the entire first year of your time in the chapter. Just a helpful, friendly, older girl that you'll always have as a resource, whether it is during your first year of college, with anything like school-related, sorority-related, whatever it may be, she's there to support you. And during that process, Annie and I got really close. I loved that experience and I learned a lot from her just about college in general, I suppose. And that was important to me being an out-of-state student at UNC. And we built a really great relationship. We, of course, maintained that throughout my time in college. After she graduated, we stayed in very close touch and we've been really, really good friends ever since. Also, being in the podcast space, a lot of my podcast friends, people we've talked to on the show before, those are all people I've met online. It's pretty rare for me to have a close, real-life, quote-unquote, friend that has then transitioned into an online friend, and Annie has been that for me. So when we connect and we catch up, of course, we do all of the normal things that girlfriends do when they catch up on a FaceTime. We gossip, we talk about each other's lives, but then we can also talk in depth about conversations like what you're gonna listen to today about the blogging space, about fashion. And this conversation was extremely representative of the chats that Annie and I have on a regular basis. We really do deeply enjoy talking about fashion and styling. And I feel like this is a really fun conversation because Annie is someone who, again, styles people professionally and also is deeply involved in the world of fashion, of encouraging folks to try new trends or to stick with what is in their closets. And so she's really deeply involved in almost like, I wanna say the psyche of the consumer. I think that she understands it from all levels. And this was a cool conversation because we really focused on this theme of building your perfect closet. Something we say a lot in the sustainability space is that the most sustainable clothing is the one that you already own. I really deeply stand by that. And we've had a lot of conversations on this show about cleaning out your closet, about conscious brands. We've talked to a lot of sustainable brand founders. We talk a lot about shopping secondhand. There is so many ways to get involved in secondhand fashion and thrifted fashion. We've talked a lot about thrifted designer items. Uh, We've talked a lot about sustainable Oscar gowns. That was one of my favorite episodes that we did with red carpet green dress. There is so many ways to think about fashion in a more sustainable way. So I really hope that today's conversation serves someone who is looking to build a conscious closet and stick to it. We're not looking to shop on a regular basis. We're not looking to totally refill our closet with sustainable items. We're not looking to always be thrifting and finding the next cool thing. While those are all really fun activities and things that we all like to do every once in a while, The real ethos of this conversation is figuring out your own personal style so that you're not forced or encouraged to buy things impulsively or because of trends or from brands that you don't believe in. 
a lot of the tips and themes of today's episode, a lot of the take-home value that Annie is sharing is around sustainability. It's around thrifting. It's about finding pieces that really work for you. And if you're buying something new, if you are investing full price or you're buying something directly from a store. Annie gives us some tips on how to make sure that that is the most conscious, mindful purchase that it can be, and it's something that's going to last you for a really long time. So building a conscious wardrobe at the end of the day is about sustainability, but it's also about confidence, about feeling your best. It's about saving your money and investing yourself where it really matters. Clothing is a lot of fun. I love having conversations about fashion and styling. So I feel like for myself to fully embrace what it means to have a sustainable closet, it's being comfortable with what I have and not feeling pressured to continue to buy, quote unquote, sustainably, whatever that may look like. Again, if it's thrifting, if it's buying it from a sustainable brand, if it's swapping with a friend, this episode is genuinely chock full of take-home tips, of value, of ideas for you to involve yourself. Again, it was chatty, it was fun, and it really does feel like two girlfriends catching up and talking about the best things that they've thrifted or some of their favorite social activities. So I know that you'll really enjoy this episode. If you do, make sure that you're subscribed to the pod wherever you're listening to this right now, Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio. Just double check that you're subscribed, that you're following along. You can also rate and review the show wherever you're listening and share it with a friend. If you have someone in your life that you think would really benefit from the juicy tips in this combo, make sure that you just send them this episode. All my links are in the show notes if you want to get in touch on social, and I'll also have all of Annie's links down there too. With that, let's jump into today's episode all about personal styling, building your conscious wardrobe with Annie Spence. Annie, welcome to the show. I'm excited to have you. I'm excited. This is going to be fun. I want to start off talking a little bit about personal style because you have not only had your own style evolution over the last few years, but you also help people kind of hone in on what that personal style is. And it seems like, from my perspective, the most immediate necessary piece of information before you're cleaning out your closet or building a conscious wardrobe is actually knowing what you like. So how does one go about finding their personal style? I think the best part about growing up, and I've been telling people this in conversation over the years, is like, you get to pick who you are. You're not decided by the people that are around you, your friends, your sports team, whatever your identity is when you're younger. Like, you grow up, you can do literally anything, which is pretty amazing. And same goes for your style. So it's not like in middle school where it's like your peers kind of determine the trends and what you're wearing. The older I get, the more I realize it's okay for certain trends to not be for me, but doesn't mean I have to put other people down for wearing it. But it's also like, you don't have to identify as like a certain style every day of your life. You don't have to be preppy all the time, or it doesn't have to be prescriptive. It can change based on your mood. And it's like such a form of self-expression that we're really lucky to be able to like share. Personal style is interesting for that reason. Like you said, it doesn't have to be prescriptive. No, not at all. And we have access to like so many methods of shopping too. Like you can choose how you spend your dollars and what message you're sending by what you're wearing, which I think is like amazing. It's not just like an Abercrombie polo and American Eagle jeans or you're not cool. And all that coming back, which is even better. (laughs) (laughs) 
I want to talk a little bit about finding that personal style. If you are someone who does typically gravitate towards trends because it's easy or you're influenced or whatever it may be, how do you go from that mindset of just truly intaking trends and what you're seeing on the internet or seeing on other people and becoming someone that really hones in on things that work for their body or things that work for their personality? When I work with my personal styling clients, we always start with their uniform. So what is that outfit that you reach for all the time? For me, it's a white t-shirt and jeans, jean shorts, jeans, any kind of denim. And then finding your personal style just looks like switching up the styles of jeans that you're wearing or, you know, taking your comfort point and then evolving from there. Because if it, if it's not broken, don't fix it. So if you feel like yourself wearing a black dress or whatever it is that's like your reach for outfit, then stick with it and evolve from there, which I think is like the fun part about fashion in general is like, you can look so chic wearing a t-shirt and jeans. It doesn't have to be like overthinking it, like dress to the nines to be fashionable. And I think being able to carry yourself with the confidence of feeling comfortable is always a great starting point. I've always been a shopaholic, which that's my mom worked in fashion. So that's kind of where it started. She was a dress buyer for Filene's, which is like a big department store based in Boston that I don't think exists anymore, or maybe just Filene's basement. It's funny when I work with my styling clients, there are a lot of people who do not want to shop. They are comfy in leggings and a t-shirt and like really could care less about what they're wearing, but know that Unfortunately, in a world of appearances, like a lot of your confidence comes from standing out in a room in a positive way. So some of my most favorite people to work with, a few of these clients, when I got started with them, I was like, oh, wow, this is going to be an interesting little trip through the mall. But they end up being the most fun clients because it means the most to them, just giving them the tools to be able to get dressed without feeling insecure or like they're faking it, I guess. You always want to feel fully like yourself. Those are good points. And I like what you mentioned about comfort. I recently did a closet clean out, not super recently, maybe two or three months ago. And I tried on every single thing in my closet and some things just truly don't fit. And then some things I was like, where would I ever be comfortable wearing this? And things that I've held on to for years, because I think I might have an occasion, but if it was never my style, I'm never going to reach for it anyway, no matter how well it actually fits or how cute it is or whatever. So it puts me in this position to now purchase things where I know what necklines I like. I know whether or not I'll wear a certain print and really critically evaluating my closet gave me a whole new appreciation for comfort and confidence. Like you said. Yes. I am a comfy girl first always because no one wants to be wearing an outfit where you can't stand comfortably or sit comfortably in a room. Like that's terrible. But what you were saying about purging, I have like my kind of go-to questions are, does it fit? And does it serve me? Meaning, which is basically how I view relationships also these days. But um, it's, if it doesn't fit, don't torture yourself by keeping it in your closet. If it's too small, move on. Like life is too short to be hanging on to things that you're never going to touch and it might fit somebody else and you can be really happy for them. But on the other hand, if things are too big, 
get them tailored. Like having clothes that fit your body is honestly like the best thing you can do for your wardrobe because you're going to reach for them because they fit and they look good. And a tailor is always going to fit things to make it look more flattering. So, I mean, it can be kind of expensive up front, but especially if you're buying things discounted, investing what you saved in the price of the item and then investing it back in to get it tailored is always worth it. That's a good tip. I didn't start getting things tailored until again this summer. And I was so disappointed in myself. I was like, wow. Again, after this closet clean out, I was like, there's so many things I've been holding on to that don't fit well, but I like them. And now that they fit well, I'm like, I feel like I have a whole new wardrobe, but it's just like things are properly fitting me now. So it's pretty exciting. Graham follow that you should follow is Bailey Quinn. She owns a furniture company or decor thing, but she does a lot of IGTVs about how she will take dresses that she finds like thrifted or whatever and has them completely transformed by her tailor. And it's fascinating. Like if you love a print, your tailor can make it whatever you want, which I always forget. Like it's not just hemming things and taking them in. Like if you want to add a sleeve or whatever, you can make that happen if you have a great tailor that you trust, which is really fun. It's a project, obviously. It's not like going to the store and throwing it right on your body, but it's worth it. That's kind of fun. You're totally right. It is a project. Yeah. Which I'm like a crafty lady. So fashion is always crafty for me. (laughs) And I'm also like five foot two. So growing up my jeans, I always rolled them like a total dork. And now I realize like, oh, I didn't have to do that all those years. (laughs) You've purged your closet. You've found your personal style. And when I say purge your closet, I'm assuming you're donating things to some extent. You are selling things if they're nice quality. And then I always like to say, and I have to make a plug here, like don't donate things that are in bad quality. I think a lot of people fall into this trap where they want to donate things and the things aren't going to be bought anyway. And it's just kind of delaying. Donate your underwear. That is so gross. Totally. Or just like poor quality things, things with holes, like things that people can't actually use or make into something else. I don't know if Denver has this, but there's like a bunch of like mom Facebook groups in Charlotte. I'll post sometimes, Hey, I'm doing a closet purge. It's a lot of stuff that I can't sell, but it's this size. Do any high schoolers want it? And doing like, hand, cause I don't really know high schoolers anymore. Like when I was younger, I would give hand-me-downs to like my neighbors or whatever, connecting with people to like purposefully give your things away versus like just dumping it at Goodwill has been a great way to like throw things away without feeling bad about it. That's a really, really good tip. I have to throw into that. If you see your friend wearing something on Instagram that you don't think they're going to wear again, offer to buy it from them. Yes. Yes. I'm literally, I'm going to BravoCon next weekend because I'm a freak of nature. And I literally bought a dress off a girl on Instagram. I was like, I have to have that to wear to BravoCon. She was like, you have to have that to wear to BravoCon. (laughs) And she's literally letting me borrow it too. Like shop your friend's closets. If you're a responsible person who can take care of your friend's clothes, like that was the best part about living in the sorority house. I never wore any of my, like my clothes wore everybody else's clothes. So why not continue that? And mailing things to friends is possible. Yes, I will totally fully agree to that. Like we need to normalize adult clothing swaps. When you're in a situation like 
in college, in a sorority house, you're living close to your friends, or even in high school, like your friends are in close proximity, you always have access to other people's closets. Or like my sister and I will always share clothes. But you can totally continue that practice even when you're not in the immediate proximity of people who want to share their very limited resources, I suppose. And I will say one thing that my group of friends has been doing for years is we do a closet swap once a quarter and everybody brings their stuff. It's hung up. We have two racks that we bought and it's shoes, bags, clothes, workout clothes, books. And basically everybody draws a number and whoever's first gets to go first. They pick a thing and we just keep going around and around and around. And then at the end, whatever's left, people either take or we donate it to a group in Charlotte that's like dress for success pretty much. That has been A, social, and B, like there are a lot of things that my friends wear that I'm like, hey, when are you going to get rid of that? And it usually comes around at the closet swap. I love that idea. Wait, tell me more about this very regular closet swap. So does one girl organize it? Does everyone organize it? Is there a charcuterie board? Like set the scene for me. So my friend, Nicole, who I've been friends with since elementary school, she plans it at her house and we're all shorties, which is good. And like relatively within the same, same size range. So she organizes it. It's usually like an evite. And this group of friends actually once a month, we have a networking event where we get together and pretty much complain about our jobs, which is very fun. And then once a quarter, we do a closet swap instead. So it's a great way to keep people together, like build meaningful, safe places to like talk and also get new clothes. I love that so much. Oh my God. Thanks for that. That's such a good tip because it's an event. It's a social situation. Oh yeah. We bring wine, there's snacks. Some of my friends are really into the like subscription box things. And a lot of the times they'll bring the stuff that they don't want from those. And like, I've gotten beauty blenders and like other like random knickknacks that like, I wouldn't have purchased, but I'm happy to take them home in exchange for whatever tank top Nicole wants, you know? That is such a good tip. I love that so much. Keeps everything going. And a lot of it's like stuff that we've swapped around the closet swap a few times and everybody kind of takes a turn with it. So love. Love that so much. Oh my God. Thanks for sharing. Once you've gone through that mental checklist of purging your closet, getting to know your personal style, you are now faced with the really heavy decision of what are you going to replace that with? So what are our options in this world of building a more conscious closet? So I'm a big fan of starting your wardrobe with hero pieces, as I call them. So that's your uniform. If your uniform is good denim, It's investing in great denim that fits you and is flattering. My kind of recipe is you should have one great dress that you feel great in. And that's something you can dress up or down. One great pair of denim, a great jacket. If you're a professional girl having a blazer, or if you're not in an office setting, like I have this camo jacket that I bought from anthropology a hundred years ago, and I wear it like a million different ways. So having that one layering piece that you feel really good in. And then from there, a lot of my clients, I have fill in the gaps with rentals. So filling in with whether it's newly or rent the runway or other rental companies. Quick break to tell you about one of my favorite brands, Cozy Earth. 
I've talked about Cozy Earth before and just how much I love this brand. And let me tell you, I'm getting the best night's sleep because of their ultra comfy sheets, but also they make really great loungewear. Cozy Earth has developed and crafted high quality goods with responsibly and sustainably sourced materials from the earth. Cozy Earth women's loungewear is crafted from the same breathable and luxurious fabric as their bedding, and it offers comfort while maintaining a flattering, elegant fit. I've specifically talked before about the Cozy Earth pajamas, which I actually gifted to my mom after being influenced on Instagram, and then she gifted me a pair, and I have enjoyed them so much. I've continued to give them to people. I feel like I'm always telling my friends about Cozy Earth as if it's a secret, and I have been recently converted this year again to their bedding. I have the white bedding, and I just mentioned what a great fit the loungewear has. My favorite thing about all Cozy Earth products, whether it's bedding or loungewear, is that it's so easy to wash and maintain, and it always looks brand new. Again, these pajamas I've had for going on three years. I wash them once a week because I really do wear them that much. They always look good. The bedding does not pill. It looks just as white as when I bought it and when I put it on my bed a year ago. It feels great and it really maintains that for the long run. So you know that you're buying a product that is made to last. The Cozy Earth sheets specifically are softer than cotton, made from soft, sustainable viscose from bamboo fabrics, and they're temperature regulating, which means they keep you cool and comfortable all night long if you're a girly who gets hot in her sleep just like me. They also offer 100-night sleep test, which means you can try the sheets for 100 nights, and if you don't love them, which of course you're going to love them, you could send them back to get a full refund. But again, trust me, you are going to love these sheets. Cozy Earth provided an exclusive offer for today's listeners, 35% off site-wide when you use code ECOCHIC. If you want the coziest bedding, bath, apparel, go to CozyEarth.com and use code ECOCHIC for 35% off. I'll have it in the show notes. America, we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. Filling in with fun tops and patterns that you don't necessarily think that you'll wear all the time, but could be fun for like a one or two time statement. Wear them repeat them and then send them back and swap them out for something different because there's nothing worse than when you buy a statement piece you wear it one time and everybody remembers it so you feel like you can never wear it again which is the problem with the social media culture that we're in is you feel like you post something one time on Instagram and you can never wear it again which is so silly by the way like I'm a big fan of that Lizzie McGuire meme that's like Lizzie McGuire you are an outfit repeater and that is like my personal brand because I love showing up in a room and wearing something that I've worn before that everybody remembered and them saying, Oh my God, I still love that dress. Like that's how we should view fashion. It shouldn't be, Oh, I remember you wore that. Like nobody's thinking that they're thinking, wow, she looks great in that. She feels confident. I want to be more like that. You know, you are like that. And you are such a good advocate for outfit repeating when I watch your Instagram stories or when I see something that you style, you're always really upfront by saying, I've had this for five years. I've had this forever, but like, here's something similar that you can find. And it gives me a lot of peace of mind in this phase of rebuilding a closet where 
I want to buy from brands that I really care about, or I want to invest in pieces and just have them for a long time. But it gives me so much perspective that that doesn't have to only mean plain t-shirts and jeans. Like sometimes it's a dress and a print that I really like, and you can rewear it a thousand different ways. If you love something and you can justify more than one way to wear it, there's no reason to not include it in your closet. Like, as I said, fashion does not need to be prescriptive. It doesn't have to be all neutrals. If you are in the process of rebuilding your wardrobe, it seems like a hero piece is something that you know you want to invest in. You want something high quality that's going to last you forever. What about these kind of like side character pieces in your wardrobe? That's where I personally would think of shopping secondhand, where it's not necessarily something that needs to be brand new um, or that I want to invest tons of money in. How do you want to go about that when you're rebuilding your closet in a conscious way? So once I find that hero piece for me, as I've said a million times, like I'm a big jeans girl and I now know that mother denim for whatever reason fits my body great. And I know that I'm X size and it doesn't matter which style I order, they're going to fit. So I stock the crap out of them on Poshmark. And that's honestly like how I find those random, like distressed jeans that I probably wouldn't buy full price and don't really need, but would love to include in my wardrobe, like Poshmark, the real, real, any of those online consignment stores, I'm all over it. And it's like a game for me, which is like a little bit psycho, but once you find styles that fit and brands that work, it's okay. Or at least in my opinion, it's okay to buy them if you're buying them secondhand, it, I don't know, it helps my conscience a little bit because I know that at least I'm keeping the cycle of the clothing going and money is going into a consumer's hands instead of the brand and all the things. Actually, I had never thought about the way that the money is actually going to a consumer as opposed to the brand. Of course, like inherently I knew it, but saying it in such explicit terms is really helpful and humbling in a sense. Like I love skims bras And I love the Kardashians, but I'd much rather pay some random girl who's reselling hers than Kim, you know? (laughs) I understand, ma'am. I get it. I'm (laughs) the same way. I am a Kardashian apologist and Skims fits me really well. But of course it like, it bugs me a little bit. Like I don't want to always buy directly from Kim herself, but I don't have to. Right. It just fundamentally feels better. I agree. I agree. And I think my other challenge with buying from any major brand who is not explicitly or clearly ethical or sustainable or whatever it may be, when I'm buying from that bigger brand, I think really deeply about it. And that's where I say like, if this is going to be my one purchase this quarter from a major label, then I've got to make sure that it works 10,000 different ways. Yes. And I'm a big fan of going into the store, feel the fabric. I mean, online shopping is so easy, obviously with returns and everything, but go see things and see what you like and see what's on trend and see everything in real life and how it works for you. And then you can seek them out on rental platforms. Like you'd be surprised the amount of stuff from anthropology comes brand new from newly, which is amazing. Yeah. Rental platforms are also the way that I do my Poshmark stocking. Like you mentioned earlier that you find a piece or you find a brand and you really look for them on secondhand platforms. When I see something on Newly, especially if it's a month that I don't necessarily have a reason to buy a full box. Like I work from home. I don't need to get dressed up all that often. I don't need to get a rental service every single month. 
But if I see a top or a dress or a fun jacket that I just want to have, I've already got the idea from the rental platform and now I can look for it online secondhand, especially. I have this really fabulous, like fake fur blue jacket that I saw on Newly last winter. And of course it was sold out and the brand hadn't sold it for two or three years and I couldn't rent it. And then ultimately three months later, I found it on Poshmark and it's really fabulous, but it was so satisfying because it would have been secondhand had I rented it. And then it was secondhand when I bought it. And so it was a win-win situation for me. And the hunt like was just, it was fun. The hunt honestly is like half the fun. And for me, it's so much more rewarding when I find the things that I actually wanted versus going into TJ Maxx or Marshalls or whatever, and just buying things because they're a there and b super cheap. Like it makes so much more sense. And honestly, my, I think I was talking to you about this the other day, but my wardrobe has become so much more refined because I'm not making those bad impulse purchases. And same goes for thrifting too. Like, yes, it's an amazing thing if you go thrifting, but like still have to think about your consciousness of, do I need this in my wardrobe or not? (laughs) That's a really good point. And I frankly don't talk about that enough. Like I love thrifting, but similarly, those same questions I'm asking myself at a regular mall or at a department store or online shopping of like, do I actually need this? Do I have a purpose for this? Just because a shirt is $8, a blazer is available. If it's something that I'm not actually going to wear, it's something that I have to tailor or I have to do all of these things to anyway, then why am I falling into the trap just because it's available? Right. I'm the queen of that. The, oh gosh, it's on sale. Like I should just buy it because it's cute and it'll work like, no, save your money and invest in the things that you actually want. And then I've cut down on so many of my like silly purchases because I'm actually buying the number of times that I say, Oh, I want X, Y, Z, but then I just buy other things to like fill the void or like as a replacement. And then I end up not really loving it. I was recently watching a TikTok, and I wish I could remember it word for word, or I wish I could share it. But the creator was basically saying something about like it was stitched with a video and the video was like, I have a dupe for X, Y, and Z. And then the stitch was like, we don't always need dupes. Like if you're trying to buy something that you really like and you really care about and you are already thinking a lot about that purchase, just do it. Let yourself do it. If you have the means, if it's available, if everything else is lining up, you don't always actually need to buy a dupe. There's nothing wrong with supporting or buying from something that you really believe in. Right. And obviously it's like an immense privilege for us to even be having the conversation of investing in pieces that you want, because that's not feasible. Like I cannot buy a YSL pair of boots. I can't. So it's not feasible to everyone to make those investment pieces, but there are ways to find them. There's a middle ground. And that's where you find places like the real, real you're interested in buying something a little bit more higher end, but you're not willing to go all the way higher end. There's a middle ground and it doesn't have to be thrifting just from goodwill. If that's not exactly what you're looking for. Right. Which I think a lot of people get tripped up on. Like they assume that thrifted clothes are only casual clothes or only clothes that they can't wear in a professional setting or like can't look nice or can't be luxury. And our definition of thrifting or our definition of consignment has to be really heavily rebranded. Right. Uh, Do you follow Bethany Myers? They're married to Nico Tortorella from um, Younger. They just went to the opera a couple weeks ago and wore this incredible thrifted, like 
blue knit. We'll have to like put in a little picture of it in the show notes because it's, it was, I was dead over it. I was like, oh my gosh, what designer is that? That's the best dress I've ever seen. And they were like, oh yeah, I thrifted that. And so it doesn't have to be like crappy, like piggly wiggly t-shirts and like other stuff that we used to look for at Goodwill in middle school. Like there's a lot of good stuff. I get rid of a lot of good stuff and it's just because it doesn't fit. It's not because there's anything wrong with it. Yeah, that's a good point. It reminds me of that year that Lana Del Rey went to an awards show and I feel like it was something, it was like the Grammys. It was something major. And they asked her who she was wearing and she was like, I just bought this at Dillard's. Stop. Do you remember that? No, I love Lana. So I don't know if you can even see it. Wow, that is beautiful. And the funniest thing is like, there's a swipe over and it's, it's a picture of it in the thrift shop. Oh, that's funny. I love that. Have you had any great consignment moments, like a moment where you were really starstruck by something that you found secondhand? Yes. So one of my old faithfuls, as I call it in my closet, is a dress that I got from a consignment store here in Charlotte. It's called JT Posh. And I saw this dress hanging on the rack and I was like, that looks familiar. Like that looks like a designer. And I pick it up and sure enough, it was a Missoni dress and it was literally this big on the hanger. So I was like, oh God, that's not going to fit me, but I have to look at it. And so Missoni is like really tightly crocheted. I don't think it's like silk cotton, but it's really soft and shiny, beautiful fabric. So when it's hung up, it shrinks down to like this big. So I was like, there's no way this is going to work, but I'm going to try it on. And now it's like the sisterhood of the traveling dress because all of my friends have worn it. I got it for less than a hundred dollars and it's probably like an $1,100 dress. I felt like I was stealing from the consignment store and I sell my stuff there. So I had credit. So it was basically free. <laughs> wow. And that's I, like, exciting. I like took my bag and I ran out of there. I've worn it with a jean jacket. I've worn it to a wedding. I've worn it in branding photos. My friends have worn it for anniversaries and engagement parties and all sorts of things. And God, I'm so proud of that dress. Oh my God. I'll have to look out for it. That's a good yeah. story. It's like a red and it's rainbow vertical stripes. So it's like really slimming. It's comfy because it's knit and people look at it and they're like, that looks really nice, but I don't, I'm not like a big designer person. Like I don't really care. So it's just nice to feel fancy and know like my little secret about the dress. I love that. My little consignment hack or a designer thing, because I similarly have really mixed emotions about designer items. And I feel like for the most part, people buy things, especially handbags that, I mean, this is like my thesis and I could think I did a whole episode on this already. Like I have very mixed feelings about buying designer items, but my favorite thing to buy secondhand is always sunglasses because sunglasses are also an absolute designer scam. They're all licensing. They're all owned by one giant company. So anyway, when I find a pair of designer sunglasses that I really like, then I will hunt them down for months on a site like The Real Real. And I have these really cool Gucci sunglasses that have like blinders on the side. I saw them in person at a, it was like a regular sunglass place. It was like a sunglass hut or like a lens crafters or something like that. <laughs> and I found them like a year and a half later for $100 on The Real Real. Nothing better. And if you sit on something, so one of my tricks on The Real Real and Poshmark, don't buy anything full price. Like, they're scamming you. So they put the like list price on there. Same with Poshmark. 
with the intent of you hearting it or liking it or whatever. And then they usually offer you based on how many days it's been on the market or whatever, they'll offer you a discount. So if you like something for long enough on the real reel, they'll get up to like 40 or 50% off. So it's always worth it to just sit and be patient unless you like have to have it and it's going to sell right away. It's so fun, especially like if you know it looks good, you know it's going to show up and it's going to be what you wanted. That's always the best because Poshmark, you can't return, which is my only tiff with Poshmark. That's a good tip, especially for Poshmark. The real real, it makes me nervous to sit on an item too long, but I'm a very indecisive buyer. So I usually sit on an item too long anyway. But for all of these things, there's only one of them that you're buying from. So it's a little intimidating. If you force yourself to wait, it's worth it in the end. I found this ski suit last year. That's like a really beautiful Helly Hansen. I mean, this thing must have been so, so expensive when it went on sale full price. And it was reposh from a girl who had worn it for a year. And she was like, I just like to switch up my wardrobe. So I also got like a really sweet note from her about her experience. And now I'm wearing it. And I bought it for like a hundred dollars and it is the coolest ski suit I could have ever found. And I found it on Poshmark again, just looking for a brand that I knew that I liked a brand that I probably would never justify the price of full price. And I waited on it and it was a really satisfying feeling to also have that personal connection and see the cycle continue. Right. And then you have to hope that that person then goes and buys themselves a new ski suit and then just keeps going. Absolutely. And that's an item that, especially being new to a Colorado winter ski season, I don't need a ton of stuff. And if I'm just learning, I don't need to spend a ton of money. And I feel like, especially with recreational clothing or seasonal clothing, buy it secondhand. We really feel like these have to be expensive purchases, or if you're moving somewhere, it's going to be a big expense for your wardrobe. And it doesn't have to be. I think the same way about workout clothes, which some people are like totally grossed out by the thought of purchasing secondhand workout clothes. I have absolutely not one problem with it. (laughs) I mean, if you go to places like Plato's Closet, you can get sports bras and stuff like that for so cheap. And you just don't need that much is what I keep reminding myself. Like I need three pairs of leggings and three tank tops, and I just need to take care of them so that they last a long time. And wash them. That's literally all I need to do. There's no need for nobody at the gym cares what I, which I don't go to a fancy gym. So that might be part of my problem, but there's no need for that. (laughs) But it's funny because like some people really love their workout clothes. Like my best friend loves sneakers, whereas I love frilly dresses and I get dressed up to work from home. So which 2020, like if anything coming out of the pandemic, I was like, I'm going to wear my clothes. It doesn't matter where I'm going. I'm usually overdressed. My friends have just gotten used to it. Nobody makes fun of me. I don't feel self-conscious. Like just wear your clothes. If you have something that you love and you don't have an occasion to wear it, make an occasion. If you have a cocktail dress that you're obsessed with, add a jean jacket and a combat boot or some sort of sneaker. Like we can get away with a lot more than we used to be able to. So we might as well take advantage of it. I live to be the most overdressed person in a room. We have got to stop saving things for special occasions. If I have one hill I'm going to die on, it's like, you got to wear your clothes yes. and you got to rewear your clothes if you like it. Yes. I am the queen of hoarding things, which is a problem. Like I got a dress for Sadie Hawkins in 2010 and I've worn it 
seven times. It's like the dress that keeps on giving. And I'm very lucky that I was a late bloomer and like didn't get boobs till college. So a lot of my stuff still fits, but I will wear that dress probably until I'm 85 years old. You know, like if you buy things that you really love, you're going to keep wearing them. And who cares if everybody's seen it already, they've seen it and they love it and they know that you love it. Wait, that's so funny. And I love that. I have not nearly as nice, I'm sure as your Sadie Hawkins dress, but this like Mariah Carey butterfly top that I bought for a bachelorette trip last summer, I've worn that thing easily 35 times in the last year. Yeah. It is full sequined purple. I really have no business wearing it, but I'll put a jacket over it. I'll wear it with jeans. It has become a casual thing in my wardrobe because I genuinely love it so much and that's okay. And I'm totally fine with that. And I think the fun thing about trends being so cyclical is like, if you sit on something long enough, that was worth keeping. Like that dress was probably $50 when I was in high school. And like, it's not that special, but I'll never find it again. So that's the reason I hold on to it. If you hold on to anything long enough, it'll come back in style. All of my bell bottom jeans that I wish I still had all of my juicy track suits, like which I do still have my juicy tracksuit, which is like my does not fit whatsoever. But hopefully if I'm lucky enough to have children, they will get to enjoy it for like Halloween one year. But all these things are coming back around. It's so funny. Like the cowboy boots that we had to have in high school to go to a country concert, which Charlotte is obviously like, I don't know, was Florida into country concerts the way that we were? No, 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 no. My 16th birthday, I got cowboy boots to go to the Taylor Swift concert. I love that so much. And I for still you. wear them. I love that. They're like turquoise and hideous, but everybody remembers them. And now it's like a funny thing, which I think a lot of this comes from like just having the self assurance that I love what I'm wearing and I don't really care what anybody thinks of me, which has taken years, years, and a lot of therapy to get to because I was always the girl who was like super self-conscious and like just wanted to fit in with everybody else and wear what everybody else is wearing. But being able to express myself differently has been so freaking fun, which I'm sure you feel that too. Like yeah. adulting sucks in a lot of ways, but it's also really great, <laughs> which is what yeah. I'm telling like my younger people that I'm around, whether it's people that I work with or whatever, I'm like, growing up is really weird but becoming an adult and figuring out who you are is pretty awesome. I love that. I love that Sorry, so I'm much. Totally on my soapbox here. No, soon. that's a good soapbox to end on. I was going to say, I feel like to wrap everything in a nice bow, building this conscious, mindful, personalized closet doesn't always have to mean sustainable brands or only shopping secondhand or only having a capsule wardrobe, like I'm not a capsule wardrobe kind of person. So that doesn't work for me, but truly having a closet that you enjoy and get use out of, and is truly reflective of the person that you want to show off to the world is going to be the most sustainable option long-term. Yes, for sure. And there's no need to feel like you can't be the person you want to dress as. There's literally no reason. Like we have to get rid of this. I feel like a faker mentality. Like you can be whoever you want to be. So go do it. Woo! Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Annie on that note. <laughs> thank you so much for hanging out with me. This has been good. This we've come a long way, Laura. Oh, beyond, beyond <laughs> a long way. Let me tell you. <laughs> 
Thanks so much for listening to today's episode with Annie Spence of Styled by A. Spence. Again, all of Annie's links will be in the show notes. I hope you got a lot of tips and value. I hope you got some ideas for ways that you can participate in conscious closet rebuilding, whatever phase of the process that you're in, whether it's the purging, whether it's the swapping, whether it's finding that ultra cool little like Missoni style dress that she talked about, a thrift superstar outfit. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed the show, if you are still sticking around, again, double check that you're subscribed. Send this episode to a friend, leave a rating, leave a review, and connect with me on social. I'm all over Instagram, TikTok. My email is down there. I always want to get in touch. I hope you have a really great day, and I will talk to you next week. Bye. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.